Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. everyone and welcome to the moon underwater i am your landlord john robbins and there he is at the bar with his mind in his hands <laughs> it's the lovely robin allender thank you and this is part two of our adventure our exploration with rachel burden voice of the nation voice of the uk and uh, voice of five live breakfast and Rachel, I have to say, it's been an absolute pleasure so far uh, chatting to you. Uh, you've got interesting choices. You've got a wonderfully seductive venue <laughs> because it's it's not the usual choice. You've not gone for beams and fires and c- cosy. You've gone for quite utilitarian Franco-Irish. <laughs> It's a classic. <laughs> Do you know what I think is the key to your choice? So uh, for those of you who may have not heard part one, it's one of those sort of places you stumble across, not in a main sort of European or French city, but in a kind of, maybe in a bit of a backwater, maybe in a village. That's exactly the word I was going to use. Yeah, It's got a couple of maybe slightly grubby looking plastic chairs and a table outside and a wonky umbrella protecting people from the sun and they maybe only have one tap they're probably serving i don't know robin what would a what lager would one of these places be serving are we talking franco irish or just in the just franco right oh well cronenberg or a 1664 i mean in in france they're two separate beers aren't they yeah you get your red one and your blue one but i would like to uh posture rachel that perhaps not all of Perhaps not all of the brickwork is finished in this place. Mm. The plastering is sort of being done. And and the toilets are a bit shit. Oh, yes. Oh, don't go in there. Go in your hands. But as we've said (laughs) earlier, it's clean. (laughs) But there is soap. There's soap, it's clean. But it's just like, I mean, it wouldn't bother you fellas, but the loo seats are kind of plastic. Well, I would say that perhaps the grouting or the tiling is unfinished in the toilet. yes. Yeah, yeah. And there's no air con, but there is a sort of wonky fan. Which doesn't really go round. Mm. And so far, 
as we tuck into our tributes, our red stripes and our gin and tonics respectively. Rachel has chosen Guinness, Rebellion IPA on draft, Cote de Provence Rosé and Cote de Rhone Red in, in bottles. But we have the small matter of another very tricky Moon Underwater pub quiz from Robin based on US states. Robin. Thanks, John. Yes, the quiz was about tourism slogans used by US states a la I Heart New York. Um, so the first question was, which US state is this? Blank on my mind. Rachel, what are you, what are you saying? Am I going to say Virginia? Well, we've already said Virginia is for lovers. But... Oh, shoot! <laughs> I love that you, you did a proper sort of radio swear then. Did you just say shoo? <laughs> Shoot. 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 Shoot is what I said. I like shoot. Oh, do you know what? This is because of my Swiss cheese memory, okay? Ah, don't worry, don't worry. Um, Any other guesses? Or should we go to John? Georgia! (gasps) Rachel says Georgia. I knew there was an IA at the end. Yes, Georgia. Georgia on my mind, the great song. Uh, Number two, famous potatoes. Uh, Rachel? I mean, I'm just going to say Minnesota because I quite like the name okay john i've got milwaukee really you don't know you haven't heard of idaho potatoes no no, no one does. Well, i smashed it like an idaho potato if you listen to most stuff you might know that reference uh, yeah it's quite famous like well you know it's not it's not it's very robin it's not in any way famous that idaho has well-known potatoes it's famous it's not famous you just know the fact this is the problem with your pub quizzes. You think you think you knowing the fact makes it famous. <laughs> it's famous in your head. I reckon half people know that. Robin, you are out of your mind. 50 per, 50% of people know that. There's absolutely no way 50% of people know that. I mean, Rachel, you've done a great deal of phone-ins. You've spoken to members of the public across the years, across the nation, about various topics. Without wanting to name individuals, would it be fair to say that broadly, most people are quite thick? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think their potato-based knowledge of American states is limited. I think that's probably fair to say. Yes, that's fair to say. Okay. Yeah, well... I'd, I'd be delighted to, you know, be proved wrong. I don't know how that would happen. Well, what you'll proved. get is you'll get three people tweeting you going, I knew that, and you'll go, there yeah. you go. And okay, yes, that's three exactly. out of 60 million. I don't have... I've got six Twitter followers, so that is 50% of it people. Is 50%, fair enough. Third one was Dream Big. Rachel, what do you think for that? Well, f- Florida? Florida. John? I, I've i gone California. John, you're bang right. It's California. Thanks, man. So John wins the quiz with two points. Well done. What made you go for that? Well, it's just that sort of seems like a California attitude. Yes, you're right. I'd love to know if it was possible to quantify how many dollars to the economy any slogan of (laughs) a state has ever generated. Because I bet it's zero. Oh, I love New York's got to be pretty... Yeah, that's fair enough. But that's not that didn't start as an official slogan. That started as a T-shirt that the person who invented that T-shirt got paid zilcho for. Ah, do you want to hear some other great ones? South Dakota, great faces, great places. Mm. Wisconsin, somewhat desperate, stay just a little bit longer. <laughs> and my favourite, New Hampshire, live free or die. Oh, good grief. That sounds like a fun place to be. It sounds pretty intimidating. <laughs> it's a bit intense, yeah. 
Lovely stuff. Another great quiz uh, from the lovely Robin Allender. Uh, but now we head on, uh, Rachel, to your spirit choices. And you are haunted by a spirit at this very moment. So what are you going to choose? I, look, I'm, I am straight down the line on this one. I'm going to choose uh, Jameson's whiskey and a Gordon's uh, gin. Is it? No messing about. No messing about. Like it. So riddle me... Well, answer me the Gordon's riddle, because gin has sort of exploded over the last five years. And you... I remember, you know, a Safeway supermarket in the 80s. It would be Gordon's. I don't think they had own brand back then. You might have a fancy one. You might have Beefeater. Now... I go into my local supermarket. I would say off the top of my head, it's a it's a supermarket, but it's not one of the mega marts. It's not an extra. Um, there must be 60, 65 gins. What is the draw of Gordon's in, in the current market choice? Well, haven't you just perfectly expressed it? Is it nostalgia? No, it's just being overwhelmed by choice. And I quite like the novelty occasionally of of different gins. But fundamentally, if you want a gin and tonic, I just want something that tastes like the thing I first had Mm. when I first had a gin and tonic. I don't want a rhubarb infused with a stick of frigging thyme in it. I just want a Gordon's and Schweppes. I suppose if you're going to launch a new gin, you kind of have to knock people around the head with the flavour of it now. You know what I mean? Give it an identity. But also, I, I'm slightly suspicious of all these local gins because I think, haven't they just kind of got pure alcohol from somewhere and shaken it about a bit in a bottle and gone, there we go, Cheshire gin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like that Ophir gin, though. I don't know if you ever come across that. That is very nice. Well, I like the ready-made Ophir bottles. They are lovely. Mm. They're really nice. I'm I'm just I'm interested by what you said that you want it to taste like the first time you tasted it and I think that's a really good way of putting it because sometimes in my head when I think about my my dream pub I think well I want the best version of the thing I like but actually sometimes you just want that little taste sensation that makes you feel like you're 18 or whatever or you you're... want the OG you just want you know the original. And that's what they trade on, which is why like people go to Heinz in times of trouble. Mm. Because you want that comfort that makes you think, well, things were all right when I was younger. So things <laughs> might be all right now if I have branded HP sauce. I think it's also, um, sort of growing up with like my mum, a, a, a bottle of Gordon's was, because I think they didn't really drink many spirits when I was growing up. Because they didn't have loads of money to drink loads of spirits. So a bottle of Gordon's was quite a precious thing um, and had to be respected. And I think if you were to imagine the British sort of back of the bar, the wall of spirits, Gordon's is probably the most iconic look that you have on that back wall of spirits. Yeah. Because, you know, we don't have many... um, Well, we do have homegrown vodkas, but you don't have like... Smirnoff isn't quite the same and Bell's isn't quite the same, but Gordon's, you just immediately see it, the white on green. Yeah, with a cardboard kind of fluorescent coloured star. Yes. 
house doubles, two pounds fifty. Yeah, yeah. And why Jameson's? Are you a are you a whiskey drinking? Uh, are you a whiskey drinking? A whiskey drinking. <laughs> a whiskey drinking. I am a whiskey drinking. Are you a whiskey drinking? <laughs> <laughs> and how do you drinky? Whiskey. How do I drink you the whiskey? Um, well, really, that's there because I like a hot whiskey in the winter. Mm. And um, and I, Billy the Irish barman from the BBC bar in Bristol, once came up with the improbable theory that um, a, an Irish whiskey was um, a better decongestant if you had a cold uh, because of the way it smoked. And I, for some reason, bought into that. And um, so... I think a really good whiskey, you don't want to shove sugar and hot water and lemon and cloves into probably, but Jameson's, you can happily do that and um, and not feel guilty. So what's your perfect hot toddy recipe? Because I think both Robin and Robin, you're a toddy guy. I've had a couple, but Rachel, what would be, you've got a bit of a cold maybe coming on. It's late, snowing outside. All desire is within your thought of a hot toddy. What, what, how is it? How is it coming together? So it is. It's a thumb of whiskey, probably about the same of boiling water from the kettle. Um, it's a teaspoon, teaspoon and a half of honey. Uh, it's a slice of lemon, impregnated in each individual section. <laughs> With cloves. Mmm, cloves. Cloves. Nice. The only difference to my recipe from that is that I read somewhere you could put a tea bag in and it sort of gives it a bit of body and a bit of kick with the caffeine. So I've done basically your recipe, but with a tea bag. Robin? Well, mine was kind of more medicinal because it was when I had COVID earlier this year and it was a lem sip with a, with a, a shot of whiskey and honey. In it. If we're celebrating the functional on this particular yeah. pod, then that's that's that certainly qualifies. But if I was to do a non-medicinal one, it would probably be yeah, lemon, hot water, honey, and whiskey. See, in, in Ireland also, I mean, I I know I can't sneak it in because I've had my my spirits or my bottles, I should say. Um, but you hot port as well is the other one, which is absolutely delicious. So you can get hot port in a pub in Ireland, and um. I think the recipe for that, but someone will clearly um, correct me on this, isn't quite so complicated. I think it's literally to just heat up the port, um, cloves. You don't need sugar in port, do you? So, um, yeah, I think I think it's just like literally just warm port. <laughs> like it's like a nicer version of mulled wine, I suppose. Oh, mm. oh superb choices. And I think... It's going to please a lot of people who come to your your pub, Jameson's and Gordon's there. But Robin, we must head over to the pub library to expand our brain cells for a second. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Thanks, John. Um, This week in the pub library, it's a lovely regular feature in the Guardian newspaper called The Pub Walk, which is a weekly column with a guide for a walk, countryside or urban, that is sure to take in one or two pubs. The subheading is a great walk that will always end in beers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, So they've covered some really brilliant pubs so far. They've done the Prospect of Whitby in London. Uh, the Cock near St. Ives in Cambridgeshire, which is where, near where our friend Chris lives. So we need to 
go and visit him and it. And it's also done a walk along the Northumberland coast, which I did earlier this year, which takes in the ship in Low Newton by the Sea and uh, ends with kippers at the Jolly Fisherman in Craster. But I thought I would read from an article uh, which is about a place which is close to our hearts, Bath. And this is by Phoebe Taplin, and it describes a walk along the Cotswold Way that terminates in the star. Oh! Love the star. The smooth limestone facade, hung with flowering baskets and carriage lamps, is the glowing goal at the end of a spectacular afternoon's walk along the Cotswold Way, This acorn waymarked national trail runs for 102 miles between Bath and Chipping Campton through wooden walls and caramel stone villages. The Cotswold Way winds down towards the city's busy centre, but you can walk instead through quieter lanes towards the star and order a pint of Bellringer, a mellow golden bitter made at the Abbey Ales Brewery just across the terraced gardens nearby. There are carved stone hops over the fireplace and built-in benches around the walls, Food here is back to basics, a small fridge full of soft rolls, well filled with cheese and onion or ham and chutney, but there's an impressive collection of gins and single malts. While many pubs have adapted and modernised to stay afloat, Bath's Old Star Inn stays gloriously unchanged. There's no contemporary decor or fancy wine list, just local beers and jugs of draft bass from barrels behind the bar, served in a series of little wood-panelled rooms and snugs where a fire burns in winter. Oh my god. It's great. Fantastic pub. And that's a lovely piece of writing. I mean, I think I wouldn't do the walk. I'd probably just go to the star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just get the train to Bath and head straight to the star. Yeah. What was the name of the author of that, Robin? That was Phoebe Taplin. Oh, and that's superb in the... writing. Yeah, brilliant. But I think that, I mean, we've we've done a few walks because uh, it's quite a nice thing to do sort of in lockdown-y sort of times. To kind of to meet up with friends and go for a walk, but a walk with a pub destination is really something else, I think. My my children won't go for a walk unless there's a pub at the end. How, how old are your children? Six. <laughs> <laughs> Six, twelve, fourteen, and sixteen. But they've always been like that. Oh, the full spectrum, full gamut. Did you ever get over to Bath when you were in Bristol? Yeah, of course. I've been to the Star. Oh, amazing! Yeah. It's brilliant, yeah. Very beautiful. The thing I struggle with a pub walk is when people say, okay, so it's five miles to this pub and then it's two miles to that pub and then it's three miles to that one. I'm like, nah, once I'm in a pub, the walking has stopped. Yeah. And the pubs have begun. I can't... Yeah. I wouldn't... The idea of walking for three miles on, like, two pints is torture. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I'd rather go for a 10-mile loop and then go to four pubs than be staggering it. That walk we did for your birthday, where we did have to walk a bit of a way back home, no, back to where we were staying. But that walk through the kind of dusky meadows after a few pints was was really lovely. Yes, that wasn't, it wasn't that far. I think it felt further. Also... You, you'd you left by then, but when our friend Sam arrived and had a very strong bottle of beer at one in the afternoon and I thought Sam's going to turn, <laughs> we we then had to take him for like a six-mile walk like a dog to tire him out. <laughs> and, then, and then we had a really lovely evening. Mm. But I was like, okay, I need to interrupt this trajectory with a big walk. Um, 
But the Moon Underwater doesn't just have a library, Rachel. It's also got a jukebox. And uh, though we broadcast, sadly, on a station with no music, which means we have to talk all the time, which I think is quite unfair. Well, you crowbar music into your show every week. Well, we managed to get one song in. But we used to play six an hour. So much more talking. Oh, it's too much. Too, I mean, we're the voice of the UK, but sometimes the UK needs... To, we need to be the ears of the UK. So what, you, you can play one song on your show? Well, we shouldn't really, but we do. We play one song in a two-hour show. Is it always the same one? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's the national anthem. <laughs> like, yeah. Is it sailing by, like they play at the end of Radio 4? Um, <laughs> I think we should just listen as presenters. Just have 20 minutes of silence where we can eat our pretz. And you're just listening? Just listening to the sound of the UK. <laughs> That's what Nicky Campbell does every day. Yeah, but then he has to talk to the voices of the UK. But do you know what? He, he, his goal is, you know, to talk as little, genuinely. He might surprise you to hear it, but, like, if he has a show where he doesn't say very much, he loves it. But he's a he's a master at that, and and you're a master as well. And when I listen to those phone-in shows or or any show where they're speaking to a member of the public, I just think, why why am I listening to some person off the street? I want to listen to experts or nothing. Experts? <laughs> Do you ever just think, why am I talking to someone? What they think about owls or whatever? I mean, I could tell you what I think about that, but I'm not sure I would have a job for much longer. <laughs> Definitely, whenever I'm in a taxi and they're playing LBC, that's the only time I'll say, can you turn it off? Because I just, I do just find it, like, irritating. I just find the format kind of irritating, in a way. No, but do, do, there are times when I really want to, genuinely want to hear, I and I love it. Other times when I'm like, I don't want to hear what you've got to say about this. But sometimes, and for the big political stories, I genuinely do. Because nobody, look, everyone with politics has an opinion, but there is no kind of absolute truth. So I quite like hearing a sort of genuine, spontaneous response to a big political event. And I enjoy it. And sometimes every so often you, you just find an absolute, character or someone with a story to tell that's unexpected or you know and often very moving accounts which I do really like and will often find me welling up with tears in the Keir Sportage but when people go oh they're just all the same you just think well then they're not actually and if you sort of dig a little deeper and listen to a little bit more you'll realize that not all all politicians aren't the same. I To be fair and I know this sounds like I've drunk the Five Live Kool-Aid, but I do actually credit our audience quite a lot of the time with knowing quite a lot of stuff and more than me. Now, they may not be the same people who are phoning in to tell you their opinions about stuff, um, but like certainly people on the text or um, people who tweet me sometimes, I'm like, yeah, that's a really interesting point. I hadn't thought of it that way before. I, I mean, you have to sift through the dross sometimes to get there, but... I find that quite helpful. I remember John telling me he was about to go on air and he just checked the messages and someone had just said, John Robbins is an effing C. And then he had to go, good afternoon. That was all the time. <laughs> but that must be very hard to deal with. That would take me months to get recover from. No, I think the greatest Twitter account that never existed is texts to Five Live. <laughs> really? And I don't well, we think should it, do it. Yeah, we we should, but I'm not sure you'd allowed to with GDPR and all that stuff. But the 
some of the stuff, the amount of capital letters flying around. Mm. Do you read the uncurated feed then? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the problem is, if you delete a message... It then puts it in the deleted message folder, which is which you then can't delete from. So it's even more present. <laughs> so every so often, our producer will delete a rude message, and we log in at and the start of next it. week, and it's just there. It's the first thing you see. But that must be an anxiety nightmare. I cannot imagine dealing with that. No, but you look at these. So often, sometimes they'll have a little flag next to them to say, like, warning: this person. Has tweets rude stuff or whatever or mean stuff the equivalent of the green byro yeah it was that the thing in the old you look and they've tweet they've texted in seven or eight thousand times and colin murray did a really good thing where he was like right i only want to hear from people who are texting in from the first time and i thought that was really a really good way of engaging the listenership hats off to colin on that one but yeah some of them are very funny but they some some of them are hilariously like misspelt insults we read some of them anyway anyway there's a very funny sketch of the the show uh, mr show with david cross where he's a talk show host and he but he's he keeps getting annoyed because he wants people to respond to last week's subject but people keep responding to this week's one it's very funny anyway so uh we've got the pub walk by phoebe taplin uh but we've got the jukebox that's what we're talking about i don't know how we got into this but uh your, what's your favourite album to hear in a pub, Rachel? Well, the, the pub, the, the the music has to fit the pub, right? So, yes. So, given that we're talking a kind of you know sort of bright, um, slightly kind of frayed around the edges, plasticky, but you know, but friendly um, environment. I want I want kind of fairly sort of bright sort of shiny music. Um, and and I also I don't know how heavily populated your jukebox is with female artists, so I'm going to shove one in there, and I'm going to put Blondie Parallel Lines in there. Oh, if you don't have it already, superb. No, we don't have it already. And I just think it's the kind of thing that you know any practically any track on that, um, you know, you're going to want to scrape back your plastic chair, and um, and pay attention. So, what, Robin? Talk me some Blondie, or Rachel? Talk me some Blondie because I know I know Blondie as I know the hits, but I don't know the albums. Mm. Is is Blondie an albums uh, artist, or is she a sort of a hit? Blondie's artist? the band, John. Blondie's the band. Oh God! <laughs> Great drummer. Uh, hanging on the telephone is on parallel lines, isn't it? Off, well, off the top of my bumps. I'm just going to have to look because it is. It is. Um, so hanging on the telephone. Picture this, uh, one way or another. Oh yeah. So it is. It's kind of the closest you can get to um, the greatest hits. Heart of Glass, Sunday Girl. Oh. Um, they're all there. Um, so you know, at least at least half the album are all songs that everyone knows. It's hit, hit after hit after hit. How did you first get into Blondie? Was that was that when you were younger, or is it a more recent thing? I think it was my older brother. So, um, so I, I've got a brother who's like eight years older than me, and another brother who's like seven years older than me. Anyway, so their record collection was the first. Their LPs were the first kind of music I really had contact with. Um, so that would have been yeah, my my eldest brother. But then we, my husband is has very consciously taken my children through a very comprehensive musical education. And um, um, Blondie is de- definitely part of that. So we've listened to that quite a lot over the last kind of, whatever, 16 years. 
whenever. So she's very much in there. Well, it's a superb addition to the Moon Underwater jukebox. Uh, but we have one more choice for you. You've got a wild card. And just to remind everyone, so far you've got Guinness, you've got Rebellion IPA, you have Jameson's and Gordon's. But what's going to be your final choice? And it's free swim. It's a free swim. So I am going for a tub of Ovaltine. <laughs> a tub? Well, it's like a plastic thing, isn't it? I don't know what else you'd call it. It's a kind of, it's not a bottle it's not a you know anyway a container of ovaltine i know i like tub of ovaltine um are, are you a big ovaltine apologist yeah, i am and i um you know i i make no apology for being an ovaltine apologist <laughs> so in in so in the evenings when you know in theory i don't have a drink i don't partake through the week um that that is my my kind of go to my substitute um is a is a warm uh, milky mug of Ovaltine and I am convinced that it does help me sleep a bit better as well um, which you probably shouldn't do because I think it's full of sugar. Does it taste of biscuits? Is that the yeah. vibe? Yeah it basically tastes like if you put malted milk smush them up and put them in a cup of tea that's kind of mm. what it tastes like. It's delicious. I've never had it. Have you not Don't ever? get into the whole Bovril scene. No, but this is not Bovril. This is not meaty. I know. This yeah. is malty. It's not Bovril, Robin. <laughs> I know. I know it's not Bovril. I'm There's just saying. Well, we're on one drinks. letter difference between meaty and malty. <laughs> and I see. I can't. So weirdly, my husband can have a glass of wine and a mug of Ovaltine going at the same time, which I think is madness. Oh, unaccept. That's unacceptable. Madness. That's that can't happen. But for me, it's a pure substitute. I'm. I'm wondering, though, Rachel, if anyone in this pub is going to slip a little bit of Jameson's into their <laughs> hot oval team. I've tried that. Does it work? For me, no. A shot of teacher's whiskey in a sweet tea is quite something. Mm, mm. I'd like. I, I, in my mind, I'm picturing one of those big um, metal kind of boiling water containers that you might get in, at an AA meeting. A tea at the back of. A tea urn there with an Ovaltine. A Burko. Yeah, with a with a big tub of Ovaltine. Yeah, but Ovaltine's made with milk, not water. Oh, is it hot milk? Hot milk. You need oh, to froth sh- up the milk. Right, so there's a tea urn filled with milk. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah boiling milk. <laughs> yeah, boiling milk. It's always boiling. <laughs> it's a bit weird, isn't it? Superb choice, tub of Ovaltine. And I can imagine everyone sort of in your pub as the air cools, just just cracking out the oval team, <laughs> and maybe just lying down in a hammock. Maybe they've got a hammock out the back in what is quite a quite a sort of rudimentary courtyard. It's very rudimentary, mm. but I think it might be a bit of an old sofa out the back rather than a hammock. Yeah, and a broken children's slide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably sounding worse and worse. Well. Now, folks, we head into a realm within a realm because uh, Rachel is going to select her dream pub companion. But I'm afraid this is patrons only, guys. This is the one of the rewards. This is what you get when you contribute uh, to Moon Underwater PLC. Uh, so for those of you who are just listening to the regular show, we will see you in a second. But for patrons, come on in. The weather's warm and so is the water. 
Uh, and everything is warm. And the milk. And the milk is warm, and the Ovaltine is warm, because we're going to find out who Rachel Burden's dream pub companion is. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome back to those of you who haven't put your coins in the moon underwater. (laughs) And that's fine, you know, but but, but please give generously. Uh, If you would like to have heard uh, Rachel Burden's Dream pub companion, which was a belter, may I add, uh, then head over to moonunderpod.com and click on the link to Patreon. You're barred. But it's not all about good times, Rachel. It's not all about what we want. Sometimes it's about what we don't want. So what would you bar from your dream pub? I would bar loud laughing men. Oh, good. Preach. You know... The kinds who kind of stand with their legs astride at the bar mm-hmm. and laugh aggressively. Yes, and performatively. Performatively. Uh, yeah, brilliant. To kind of give ownership of the place. I also think that since Ricky Gervais's kind of podcasts and the, Rick, and the Ricky Gervais kind of character became more well-known and his laugh... I think there are a lot of people who do the Ricky Gervais laugh. A lot of men 
who do that laugh that would didn't do it before. I don't remember that being a thing. Where they sort of go, ha ha! Yeah. Like that. Or the kind of, yes. But it's, the thing with a laugh is it has to be something that's pulled out of you, almost like a sneeze. Whereas what's happening is there's like a millisecond between whatever they're laughing at and their laugh where they're going, okay, now I do my laugh. But that's not what laughter is. Also, quite often they're laughing at things that they've said themselves. Mm. Yes, great point. You know, they're not, they're not sort of listening genuinely to someone and sort of bursting into laughter. They're, they're telling their own stories and gesticulating to the rest of the pub and, um, and then laughing at their own hilarity. Like sometimes, this probably isn't quite the same, but when people get the giggles... The first minute of it is just joyous. And then you were like, okay, either you've properly got the giggles or you've seen that there's like a vibe going and people have noticed that you've got the giggles. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why people love that clip of Jonathan Agnew and um, Brian Johnson because it's genuine. S- suppressed yes. laughter. Oh, 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 I could do stop it. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. But I think there's just something about you, you know, particularly if you walk into a pub, you don't know the pub, say, for example, and there's some bloke at the bar and he's, he's, you know, and it is it, that kind of sense of, it's like a kind of, you know, like a, instead of a dog pissing, it's like a kind of aural sense of ownership. I'm, you know, I'm important enough that my sound and my enjoyment needs to carry right across the room. I was in a bar in the Cotswolds the very well-known television presenter who carried this particular characteristic. When I walked in, I was like, I could have predicted that. Okay, I'm just doing a bit of maths in my head. (laughs) Does he own a farm quite recently? Might do. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a sort of foghorn to warn other ships that if they come close to your cliffs, they're going to sink. Yeah. It's it's aggressive. It is aggressive, yeah. And it's also like it invades your space in a sort of, and I, and I think it probably comes from the sort of people that would also invade your physical space. But they're trying to. They're sort of you're fighting a battle on two fronts. I want laughter. I do. I do want laughter. I just don't want it in my face. You want real. You want genuine laughter. It was one of the best sounds. Hurry up, please. It's time. Well, Rachel, what a absolute pleasure it's been to talk to you. You, and I don't say this a lot, but you do have the common touch. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an absolute treat. Right? Okay. I, I you know, again, I, I, I will. I hope that's a good thing. Oh, that's that is. I just think that's the best thing. Okay. I mean, you're. You're really battling with Adrian Charles for my dream pub companion. Wow. And and I love him. I love him. It's, it's fine. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to go. I'll go with you, Robin. Happily. <laughs> Happily. Particularly if we can talk about potatoes in Idaho, because that's, oh, yeah. that's something I love. With 50% of the population. Yeah. yeah. You, I, I dare you to do that as a, a, a topic with Rick. Uh, Idaho potatoes. I'm going to find a way. See if it lights up the switchboards. Mm. I might just slip it in. Might just slip it into the conversation. I had a slightly embarrassing situation with Rick Edwards. Oh, go on. Because uh, I'd just done a gig with Tim Key. Mm. 
and this was a couple of years ago, and we were outside the venue and he was chatting to someone and we were about to go to a pub and I sort of came up to Tim and I was, this guy, I was like, I, I recognise him from somewhere. And I was like, oh, I said, have we met? And he said, um, no, I, d- I don't think we have actually. I'm Rick. And I went, oh, we definitely met. I I do, where have we met? And he was like, I don't, I don't think we have. I was like, oh, right. So I walked away with Tim and I was like, I know that guy. Where do I know that guy from? And he was like, oh, he's he's sort of quite well known. So I Googled him. I only knew him from traffic cops. <laughs> it's all right. Well, it's actually police interceptors. They do a special edition of police interceptors where they get to do a ride along. And I've watched every single ever episode of police interceptors and traffic cops. And he's in the ride along episodes. And that's where I knew him from. But I had that awkward thing that, Famous people must get where people are like, well, have we met? Where do I? Oh, well, yeah. well, kind of almost famous people get it because if it was really famous, yes. you'd know straight away. Well, I think it's radio people must get it quite a lot because you sort of know their vibe without necessarily was, knowing their he face. He was in a police lot, interceptors. I don't know why I doubt you because I thought I kind of knew most of what he'd done in his previous weird TV life. Oh, he's great. He's so stern on it, though. Really? I'm going to go. I've got to talk to him about this. That happened to me when I, I, I. King Cruel was in the pub I was in the other day. Have I talked about this? I can't remember. But when I, I, I stood next to him at the bar and just went. You're you're a musician, aren't you? And he went, yeah. And I was, and I said, what, what's your what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad because I really like him, and I really like this album he did called The Ooze. Uh, but I just I, my mind went completely blank. But at least you had an idea of who he was. Um, yeah. Unlike John, who's just like, ah. I, think I've met I, I get that occasionally. People think they've met me at a party or something because I'm kind of so on the periphery of someone they might recognise, but I'm vaguely familiar, like vaguely, sort of maybe know the voice. Well, that's the dream, isn't it? That you don't get hassled, but you, the people who know you know you. Probably. And also you get to ride on the inflated BBC budget like we all do, earning <laughs> billions of pounds a year. Like like Gary Lineker. We're all like Gary Lineker. We're all Gary. We're all Gary, We're all Gary inside, inside, aren't we? Be more, hashtag be more Gary. Um, anyway Rachel it has genuinely been a pleasure thank you so much for coming to the moon underwater I have to name my pub you've got to name your pub Ah, format brilliant (laughs) I'm not going without naming my pub because I did think long and hard about this Um, so I so I spent all my childhood summers on on the strand in, in, in Skerries which is North County Dublin and because it was so freezing and climate change hadn't really hit yet so unfortunately, uh, we didn't benefit from um, the increasing heat events that we've seen of recent years. Um, so we'd have to keep occupied. And so the thing I did as a child was that I'd be sent out to look for cowries, which are these, I don't know if you know what cowries are, these little tiny shells. Anyway, they've taken on sort of mythical value to me. And now I find them whenever I go to beaches in Devon or Cornwall or sometimes Scotland or wherever I go and I spend hours looking for these tiny little shells. Um, and I, you know, if there's one inanimate object that I love in the world, it's a tiny shell called a cowrie. And in Ireland, the cowries you get are quite often found near the coal, so they're black. Um, so, so I would name my slightly shitty plastic table for mica topped, but with a games room and a crappy sofa outside pub, the Black Cowrie. Oh, That's what great. a great name! 
Are the black ones rarer? I don't think so, but they're just not what you would typically find over here. They tend to be pinky over here. So um, so I just felt it sounded a little bit more gritty. Have you got any massive ones? Because do they come in all shapes and sizes? Yeah, but the massive ones you only find in tropical, you know, or whatever Caribbean places. But these are little tiny, tiny shells. I didn't know what that was. Oh, there's a Joanna Newsom song called Clam, Crab, Cockle, Cowrie. Is there? Oh. And I didn't really ever know what that meant, but they're all types of shell. So right? that is it. Yeah. If you can see, yeah. I've got one on silver on oh, the necklace here yeah. with these little ridges. Oh. Anyway, I'm sort of vaguely obsessed with them. Oh, my God. They look a bit like sugar puffs. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar puffs. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe, Maybe that's why. Yeah. Oh, oh man. So true. Maybe there's a Joanna Newsom song about that. Sugar, about puffs. sugar puffs. Yeah. Well, this has just been a delight. Thank you so much for coming into the moon underwater. Thank you just... for having me. Genuinely, oh. thank you for having me. I've loved it. It's been great. Just to remind everyone, uh, Rachel Burden's Dream Pub uh, is full of pasty burdens uh, and it's in between Dublin and France with formica top tables. It's grubby but light and airy. There might be a rudimentary garden out back with some bust up old sofas and chairs, uh, but it's got that backwater feel. And it also contains Guinness, Rebellion IPA, Cote de Provence Rosé, Cote de Rhone Red, Jameson's Gordon's Blondie, Parallel Lines playing on the jukebox. There's a tub of Ovaltine knocking around if anyone feels <laughs> they've had too much. And who knows who her companion is? you have to subscribe on Patreon to find out. And there are no loud laughing men. It's called the Black Cowrie. As... Rachel Burton departs with her dream pub under her arms to use whenever she needs it the most. We wish you all the best, Rachel. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.